Start your engines and join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available now. In a world full of straight people, aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. I'm Matt McConkey. I'm a writer, actor, and podcaster, but my main thing is that I'm a gay man who loves sex in the city. I know, did you ever hear of such a thing? And with my overwhelming excitement for season two of And Just Like That, I couldn't help but wonder, should I do a podcast about this? The answer, of course, is no. But my dream was to sit down with my very own Mirandas and Charlottes and Che Diaz's to unpack the stories and themes of the show. My dream was to start a conversation, a community, a movement to bring back Samantha. And just like Matt, my dream came true. Valentine's Day lovers. It's episode seven. We're covering episode 207 of And Just Like That and Love is in the Air. It's one of the big moments we've been waiting for. I'm talking, of course, about Che going back to work as a veterinary assistant. Also, Aiden's back. And not a moment too soon. I have got thoughts. I have got feelings. But let's just jump right into it because while Naya is having a meevening to herself, I have a full house over here this Valentine's Day with not one, not two, but three amazing guests. And I should mention these interviews, as well as our last couple episodes, were all recorded before the actor's strike began. But I'm so glad I got them while I could because this is a star-studded show. A little later, I'll be chatting with the incredible Marin Dungey and Dave Holmes, but first, a lot of times we take kind of a zoomed out approach to and just like that. You know, I'm, I'm so focused on the guests' uh, stories about love and friendship that sometimes we barely get around to discussing the actual episode, but not this week. Because for Aiden's return, I wanted to dig into the material, unpack the scenes, really savor the moment. And nobody loves a recap more than my first guest, Deanna Chang. You've seen Deanna on Black Monday, Glow, and Heathers. Together, Deanna and I created a web series for Comedy Central called Unsend. She puts her directing and editing talents to use as the Montage Queen, a boutique montage company that creates unforgettable videos, and it is my go-to gift for big birthdays and special occasions. Also, she's got a new Substack coming soon based on her podcast, How to Be Less Old, so stay tuned for that. And just like Matt, Deanna Chang is here. Let's contextualize ourselves. Talk to me about your relationship with the original Sex and the City. Wow. You know, I did uh, kind of go back and think about that. And floods, I actually had to Google Netflix sleeves, you know, that would come in the mail because that oh, was wow. my, that was how I consumed through Netflix DVD rentals. Correct. Wow. So I, when I, as a, in my 20s, throughout my 20s, I never had television. Right. I had a TV and a DVD player. And so 
I would consume any content was through those mailers mm-hmm. until I like moved in with a boyfriend who had a proper, so HBO wasn't even on the planet. Like right. I didn't even have, you know, it certainly didn't have like an elite channel <laughs> going not. on in my life. No. And my friend, Jennifer Jackson and I were completely, you know, I, I feel like, we did so much work. It is such a frame of reference for us in terms of our lives because the girls were and still are 10 years older. And so it was kind of like looking into the future. Yeah. And sometimes it was really scary because you're like, wow, in your to be third in your 30s and single looks hectic, you know, <laughs> to say <it's>, the least. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, landmines and embarrassing moments, but it's also empowering and thrilling. So I feel like it, and 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 I thought I don't want that, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm barreling towards it because I didn't have like a robust dating life in my 20s at all. I, it, I was just like, didn't understand how to do that fully. I was living in LA. I think it was harder to be single in LA, I I think. And I also just was a late bloomer. So, you know, it it did give you that kind of like, okay, I can be brave based on seeing what the gals are up to. Like I can buff my balls a little bit and get out there. But when you're consuming through a Netflix screener, like I was, you watch the episodes so many times because you're not going anywhere else. There's no. Are you getting a season at a time or how, how is that working? It's such a good question. Um, I feel like it was, and I don't know, but I feel like it was three DVDs per season, Hmm. but I would love someone to confirm that, but that's what it, what it kind of felt like, you know? So yeah, you're just, you're in it in a different way it's like there's no other place to go so you're consuming the moments and the bits in a very direct and focused way and what has your general experience been thus far of and just like that wow um it's been a ride I feel I go high and then I go low. Okay. I, there are moments that are so beautiful and I'm so excited to talk about this episode because I could cry right now Hmm. on how crazy and special the ending was like, wow, wow, wow. You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. I think I was try- I went back to start season one, episode one with Sex in the City after watching, you know, HBO brought me over there after watching an episode. And, and I think like not having the narration from Carrie, it is a diff, that is a huge difference yeah. in the show. And I miss it, you know, a little bit that I think I miss that. But but there's, you know, I'm so happy to have it, really and truly. And I love this episode. 
I, I love do too. I'm glad that you are my touchstone for this episode. This is a big moment in our lives. And before we get to it, I'm also just want to hear a little more like your experience of season one, the grief, you know, that we walked through about big, obviously, but about missing Samantha. How did that all play for you? I was okay without Samantha season, first season of And Just Like That. And this season, I'm really missing her, mm. actually. And I think that, you know, we are being kept away from the group scenes I so know. often. And I, it's all I want. It's all I want is Same. to be around a dinner, a breakfast table or a lunch table. And when the girls are together, like, oh, my God, God. So I think I feel like I'm missing Samantha because it feels like we're not getting at the group scenes as much. And I'm I'm putting that on her absence. And I don't know why exactly. But um, big, I mean, what a phenomenal <laughs> That was just a phenomenal bit of storytelling. And yeah. um, I was also ready to see him go. Same. You know? Yeah, sure. I was really ready to see him go. So it was fine in that way. And it was nice to have her loose again. Yeah. Um, I felt like we did play that out. And what are we going to do? Just sit and be happy in an apartment and go to nice dinners? Like, well, then what no, are we watching? I want a little yeah. bit more. What are we watching? What are we going through? So I was ready to lose them, but you know, um, yeah, I, I, I am remembering. I'm like, oh, we are getting Samantha. I kind of don't know how that's going to unfold. I'm sure it will be anticlimactic because it has to be because it's one yeah. scene. But uh, but then again, this was like one or two scenes with our guy. And wow, wow, wow. Holy cow. Well, let's get into it. I mean, and just okay. to just to top line this episode, it's Valentine's Day. Miranda's got a lesbian date. Naya's got her, her <laughs> evening. Anthony's got the Drew Barrymore show. Charlotte's being a momager, which I have some questions for you about. LTW's got the okay. horny son. And then obviously... Carrie is going to dinner with Aiden. And let's put a, a pin in the Aiden discussion just for a moment. Overall vibrations about this episode leading up to it were pretty high for you, it sounds like. Pretty high. I mean, I love the Miranda scene with Amelia Carsey, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, that was that was classic Miranda. We had our girl back. I loved when she's that, that expectation being set. You know, seeing a performer, I think we know like these actors, you know, you, you see them in something and you just get so excited and then their real lives are quite a, oh yeah, quite a fall, especially in your, you know, in the dating scene. And so that just felt right as rain. And she was just, uh, Miranda, like when Am Amelia stepped in her cat shit. And Miranda had to like recoil. Yeah. And she was so disappointed. I was like, yes. Yeah. We're here. We're yeah. It, it does That's feel her. good to, to have them, you know, step in it, as it were, or have their date step in it. Michael was so upset by the bare bed, the, the sheets that were not, that were, <laughs> that were off in the laundry. That was just such a great detail. And it does ring so, it's like yes. an unfortunate, you know, moments of going home with somebody that you thought, uh, it was going to go one way and then you see how they're living 
how disturbing it is. It was quite real. It was so real. And it's, yeah, you know, you put these expectations, you tell your friends about something, you're making the calls, you're trying to, you know, you put the best outfit on, you have thought about it, you're excited for it, you're ready to open your vagina. Yeah. And you get there and gosh, you know, yeah, can't closed. open it. The must stay closed. It just it's got to stay. It must. The, the Miranda story was it, it moved a little quickly for me, just in terms of like that we launched this episode for Miranda with her being determined to figure out once and for all, am I gay? Am I bi? Am I straight? But I'm just gay for Che. You know. And, and, and for some people, that is a lifelong quest, but shes it's like she she's wondering, and then she has one quick chat with this Amelia on the sidewalk, and she calls Carrie and is like, well, it settles it. I'm a lesbian. Case closed, which <laughs> just felt fast, you know? And just like that. And just like that, you know, yeah. I, I, I guess part of me was hoping that she wouldn't land so quickly on a strictly lesbian identity, because in a weird way, I realized I was still hoping she and Steve would work some. Mm. And it wasn't that I wanted the Che thing to just be some phase that was over, uh, but I just thought maybe the Che experience, she could, she and Steve could have an, a new sort of relationship. Maybe they're open, you know. And that happens, you know. Um, I do think late 40s, early 50s is where the ladies drop the guy and find the lady. And um, sometimes they do go back and they have a new normal with their husbands. Most of the times, you know, they're just living their truth. It, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I mean, I think part of it is also that we know Cynthia Nixon is gay. So I think there, there's something in that audience's yeah. mind. And I wonder if they're, they're doing crunching those numbers. Yes, that makes sense? totally. After everything I've said, it does just make sense. It makes plain sense for her to, right. to, to be gay, you know? Are you rooting for her and Che to get back together? <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> I mean, it's worth asking, isn't it? Well, I mean, is it? I mean, <laughs> am I rooting for it? Um, is anyone rooting for it? I guess that's the question. I don't think, I don't think there is someone like gosh sitting there holding their hands clasped together <laughs> sitting sitting shipping in, miranda you know, jay yeah just like please let this really come back no mm. nobody nobody is nobody that's is. for sure i mean she was a you know jay is a terrible partner that's true it's true. And Che is on their own journey. And, you know, I'm glad that we'll see parts of that. I, I'm hoping, hoping we're not seeing too, too much of it. But yeah, it's interesting what you were saying about the group dynamics, because I too am craving and I really hope we're building toward a, a brunch or a dinner where all of them are sitting down. And when I say all of them, obviously, I mean, Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, LTW, Naya, Seema. I'm not including Che in this. Che is not invited well, to brunch. Of course not. They wouldn't have a place there. Right. Um, it just doesn't make a lick of sense. You yeah. know, Che is not coming. If we're getting a group goddamn brunch, if Che is at that table, Matthew. It, then it's all about Che. Yeah, we don't want yeah. that. We want every, We want the entire cast, but that's where we draw the line. 
So the Valentine's Day of it all, you know, everybody's scrambling to make their plans. Charlotte and Harry are doing their thing and LTW and Herbert and Naya's got her souffle. Are you (laughs) a Valentine's Day queen? (laughs) I'm not, you know. I also have a husband who's a merchant marine, as you know, so he's he's frequently gone for whatever reason on Valentine's Day. So I feel like I'll get some sort of weird Amazon gift and call it a day, and and that's, and that's it, yeah. you know, and that's that on that. It's like I'd rather deal with my birthday in February than Valentine's Day. I no, I'm not a big Valentine's Day. Yeah, same. Gal. But the other thing Charlotte's dealing with is Rock's modeling career. And this is another chapter that does wrap up a little, little quick because, you know, she's <laughs> uh, taken, she's taken Rock on all these meetings. She's sort of in momager mode. Um, and then just like just like that, Rock's and done with like modeling. That. <laughs> but I bring it up because I don't know if you're uh, okay to talk about this, but the momager thing, it does remind me of a story from your own family because you had a parent who dabbled in in modeling oh my god Matt (laughs) well I will let me start with I have because when we had the hot fellas scene in the beginning it brought me back to uh, my entire family going to see Mario Cantone's one-man show in on Broadway oh wow yeah but but we went to that because we were kids my dad, we would watch Steampipe Alley, and my dad would cry. Sorry, you would watch laughing. what? Steampipe Alley. Steampipe Alley. That what Mario. Is that? that was a kid show, and Mario Cantone was the the guy. He was the the whole thing. Wow, I I can't. I didn't know anything about this. Okay. Yeah, and my and he was very funny, and and you know. I nothing made me happier than when my dad would laugh so hard that his face would turn red and he would just like no sound would come out, you yeah. know, and he died over Mario Cantone died like he was like that guy is so funny and he was um, so I'm sure we went to like the ticks budget tickets on 42nd street yeah that was available and we all went as a family um and we had a blast super great show he's just a phenomenal performer and that's there were lives in the city no this was like we were adults i have you know i'm horrible with with math yeah but um you know we were we were all adults at this okay so there is an awareness that you're seeing anthony when you're yes, seeing his one-man yes, yes, show. Yes, okay. Absolutely. We're seeing Anthony. My parents aren't knowing him as Anthony. They're knowing his steampipe alley work, yeah. but like, yes. So, and I almost need to Google it to make sure I'm saying steampipe alley is the actual name of it, but I'm pretty sure it is. It sounds good to me. Um, yeah. So we get at, now he does Liza Minnelli impersonations. There's a boa he's using as a prop. He's giving, he's giving, he's giving. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious show. I mean, he's just owning that stage. Just him. We're having a blast. We get out. We all loved it. And so I must, I think one of us said something about him being gay. And my parents go, well. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and I was, well, it could be a character. That might have been a character. Yeah. And know. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, 
you are questioning if that man <laughs> that we just saw for the last few hours is a straight man? Like, I don't understand. You think that's character? He's an actor. It may be. That might have been him as an actor. And it was so illuminating. And they weren't, um, they were just really letting him have his options open. Yeah. They weren't trying to force him into straight shoes. They're just allowing they for the possibility just... that he is an incredible chameleon who happens to slip effortlessly into that particular uh, shade. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, wow, okay. Like, wow, wow, wow. So, and my dad, my dad was like, I don't know. Maybe, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe, yeah. So, yeah, that, that same man, um, you know, my sister and I are both actors, and I think he thought, well, if everyone's getting their headshots together, uh, I may as well, too. And he marched himself down the block to Mikey Malone's house, and, and he did some studio work for, he was a photographer, very, <laughs> very, you know, basic photographer. Mm -hmm. And my dad had a bunch of looks. And, we'll talk uh, about the looks. Was, like, I mean, one was like an Irish poet. He had like a beret on and <laughs> he had some sort of like bomber jacket. And then he also is a man who is a man in glasses, you know, mm. like that's who he is. And there were no, there was only one, I think, look that he had his glasses, which was also so off-putting. Yeah. Because it's like, well, that's not even you. Like, I don't know your face without glasses. And he also did a rather large sty in his eye at that moment. Right. So it wasn't it the just perfect wasn't picture. The time, you know, nor was it the place. But and those, I do believe. I think, if I'm not mistaken, either June. I think Casey did get those photos to an agency <laughs> to see oh, if they wow. could. I, I, you know, we'd have to run back the facts on that pull out the receipts yeah. but um he wasn't he wasn't picked up i don't know if those looks translated you know exactly yeah. but that their their loss their loss no god one. the work he could have given us you know that's right that's right so. uh, my mom once sent me this like i guess it was an email with a a letter that was written, my nephew Zane has extremely uh, unique hair, is, is limited in sort of his options. It's just very distinctive. Mm -hmm. Like when he was a kid, they his parents liked to let that hair grow and just stick up wildly. So just like a, a little kid with glasses that looked like the, the kid from like Jerry Maguire, but with like um, Albert Einstein a shock. is essentially what we're, we've a gotten. So my mom was convinced that that needed to be monetized. And she sent me an email with a letter that was written in Zane's voice, but he was very young at the time. So it wasn't from him, but it was a, just sort of like talking about <laughs> what a unique look I have and how it would be a real asset to any kind of like commercial or advertising. And she, it was, it was sort of just like, I'm putting this in your lap, take this and run with it, you know? And Amazing. I was like, okay, so Zane lives in Ohio, mom. Are you asking me to get like my LA commercial agent to represent him? And then he would come out here <laughs> and she was like, no, he's not going to do that. And I was like, okay, so you want me to 
research agencies in Ohio? And she was like, well, I don't think there are any real. It was not clear, but she was still disappointed that I, that I didn't make him a star. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you could have done more. And I do feel we missed out. And it sounds like you had a great luck. But there are, yeah, they, everyone, they don't go to all of those moments. They're just yeah. going to the first step, which is, I'm not going to do the legwork, but but you should. I'm pretty sure Matt should. <laughs> yes. But the other thing that Charlotte goes through in this episode is classic accidental eating of a pot brownie, which like I know we've kind of seen this story play out in comedies before, but like for it to happen to Charlotte did feel very essential. I, I needed it. I did too, and. For some reason, the stroke made me laugh. And I wrote down the stroke, just the, the stroke, like them coming to that the decision conclusion. that she was having a stroke really made me laugh. And and then Matt, somehow, some way, like I knew it was a space cake when she ate it, but I didn't do, I wrote down sad for myself because I didn't put it together. You were surprised. While watching. Somehow, some way, wow. I was surprised. I don't. I said sad for myself. I didn't um, put it together. <laughs> well, great. I think I think that's that's how the Lord intended that story to land. So I'm glad that it did yeah, for someone. Yeah. I wonder if you're the only one, but I'm I'm happy for you. You know, we have a friend whose mom was um, staying at her house recently when she was away, and that mom called her and was and said, "I'm having a stroke," and. Um, <gasps> And they were sort of going through, okay, so what, what What are you feeling? What's happening? Anyway, they figured out that this mom had gone into her refrigerator and found a chocolate bar and eaten a bunch of it. And this was one of those mushroom chocolate bars that our, many of our friends are trading in these days. And once she realized what was happening, she rode out the high and did not go to the emergency room and sat in the backyard with their, with her husband, our friend's dad, and stared at the stars and just really enjoyed it. So it's, it's too bad that it didn't happen wow. for Charlotte. Yeah. So the, it is a direct line from an edible to a stroke. If you don't know uh, what yeah. you've done. I guess it makes, yeah, it's just out. like something inexplicable is happening to my body. To my and, body. Wow. You know, and That's it hilarious. also made me think of how in, in, in sort of in our friend group and people who know you, you are largely banned from substances is that a fair assessment <laughs> i know it doesn't feel like um i don't know i don't know that that should be the case and i don't know why i think people need to like let go and let god because maybe i should have substances um so something tells me no like they're no. not for you yeah. we cannot uh, when i say banned i mean banned by everyone else around you not this is not a mostly limitation. you though matt you really uh, don't want to see me partaking in a single single goddamn thing and you know what i respect it because you may know more than i do this show is sponsored by better help we all carry around different stressors big and small and therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest i know recently for me Therapy was extremely helpful working my way through a rift I had with a friend. It was really giving uh, Carrie and Miranda in the Sex and the City movie, if you recall. 
And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. When we keep things bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. So remember, therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and you can do that with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash like Matt today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash like Matt. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 a day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck, then access up to $100 a day as you work, leave an optional tip, any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I'll tell you how I'd spend the money I'd get from Earn In. Our little dog tugboat has had some eye issues, just had surgery, and let me tell you something, it wasn't cheap. So download Earn In today. That's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. And when you download the Earn In app, type in Just Like Matt under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Just Like Matt under podcast. EarnIn is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Well, you're but, just, yeah. honestly, I feel like for those of us that do dabble in substances, we're trying to reach a place of enlightenment <laughs> and like and being in touch with our emotions that is your baseline. You're already there. And... I guess I'm just afraid of what would happen to see you like break through to a, a whole, is there a whole other level beyond that? I cannot imagine what it is. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, I've never done much of anything. So, so, and, yeah. and you have not allowed me to. So there's, yeah, and I there's that. And that's, and that's fine. I mean, no one's ever offered me cocaine and I've never seen cocaine. I have never wow. seen it in my presence and I'm sure it's been in my presence, but that's how not the energy I'm not giving off is like drugs uh, right. to such a level that I can't even, I haven't, nobody's been like, Hey, and that hurts. That right. does really hurt not <sighs> to be offered. I think that just speaks to the overall level of freshness that you always walk in with. It's like this person just isn't meant to be like crawling around in these gutters like some of us. Because I'll be at a party or a bar and people are taking one look at me and they're like, well, I'm sure he wants to step into a stall and do a dirty key bump. Not that I have ever done such a thing. Just, you know, these are the energies we give off. Before we get into the Aiden thing, other general thoughts. Okay. We've got we've got LTW's son's got the date at home. We've got Che getting back to work at the vet's office or was it a veterinarian or a, it wasn't an animal rescue thing because Jay took the dog there to get medical attention I believe or to get adopted hmm didn't, that didn't really um out. I released that yeah same, yeah mentally and I'm not going to go back to it you I know? know but I wonder but if we're going to go back to it as an audience and we definitely are going Jay's going to have some workplace comedy benefit. yeah I, I gotta say that pilot money ran out really quick 
to, to have to be like, I have to sublet out my apartment. I have to go back to work at whatever this place of work is. Save your money. Well, what did I think? I think that, yeah, the chase scene I sort of release. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to go back with her into yeah, that back rescue personally. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Wait, I have, is he in the bathroom? What's happening? What could that be about, Matt? Um, oh, Aiden. Sorry. I'm oh, going over of course. There. Okay, okay, that was, yeah. that was a, sorry, right, sorry, great. sorry. I know. We're getting I mean, there. I'm We're getting so there. Sorry. Right. And, and, and I do, like, okay, one thing I will say before we get there is, and and I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this, but at breakfast, we were at breakfast, thank God, with Carrie and Miranda yep. and Charlotte. Praise Jesus. That's all I want. That's right. And Carrie says she has a date with Aiden. Yeah. On Valentine's Day. This is some good old-fashioned sex in the city stuff right here. Good old-fashioned. And I was sort of amazed. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, oh, if I was single and I was meeting Jim, an ex-boyfriend who probably I haven't seen in the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't get from from the friends. Has Carrie been pining for him? Has she discussed him at all over the last, like, is, do we feel he's the one that got away? I couldn't get a sense of, it felt very casual to me. And I sort of released it as well until we got to the restaurant. Right. But I don't know, like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I couldn't sense what where were we this many years later emotionally with Aiden? Yeah, it's interesting. You're right because the the conversation was more just about um it was an old-fashioned sex in the city conversation. Is this an intentional Valentine's Day date? Does it mean this? Does it mean that? Sort of the Charlotte perspective versus the Miranda perspective on that. But yeah, yeah, nobody was like alarm bells are going off. You know, this is you're playing with fire again because the last time we dealt with him was in Sex and the City 2, which I've said before, I actually really love as a movie. I know that's a hot take, minus all of the parts that we don't love, obviously. But rewatched it recently, and like the Aiden reunion there was like, it was just hot, you know? It was, and, and there was so much conversation around the fact that she was playing with fire and just that they have this undeniable connection and it just, you know, she needed to not go there. But we're going to, we're going to come back to the Aiden thing and we'll dig into it big time. The other piece of this episode was this one scene with Seema and Carrie at the spa, Seema getting upset Loved about it. the couple's massage. And now I love Seema and I love that she is fighting for a single representation in every instance. But I was kind of like, well, just get the couple's massage. Like, are you that afraid to be undressed with your friend? You, oh. Like, you, I, I just, we just got a couple's massage and it was so nice. But once you're doing it, you're kind of like, oh, well, we're you're not talking to the person you can't look at them because you're face down you're each having your own experience (laughs) you know it's it's really not a big deal that scene really made me laugh and i like i feel we need more unhinged sort of moments Mm -hmm. in the show and just getting pissed off because it it had nothing to do right yes sure they could have laid down together I didn't think that that was really what she was pushing back against. It was just like, no, you're not, you don't get to make up a fake holiday and then force me into it. And 
just getting stuck in the weeds on that was great for me. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I can understand that. I can get like that in a situation yeah. where I am just, you know, going to roll up my sleeves and be like, no, this isn't a thing. We're not doing this. I didn't see it on my on my whatchamacallit right. and like no i'm i'm not like i felt that in a way that you know maybe i have to look inward but it made me laugh you're right it was the it was the principle of the matter she's fighting for single rights you know so let's take a quick listener question and then we will uh get Ooh. into the aiden of it all hi matt i have a little question for you regarding a friendship very long story short I befriended this girl through work maybe five years ago and you know we really hit it off we were close friends at one point I'd probably consider her one of my best friends but over the past year or so I've noticed just you know there's constantly a little cloud of toxicity around her there's always something dramatic going on she's always kind of drawing lines in the sand with other people and I've just realized I don't really want any part of it I've tried to sort of slow ghost her to avoid having a real conversation about it um is that the wrong thing to do i just think it's kind of harsh to tell someone why you don't want to be their friend but she's really not letting me drift off what do i do oh god <laughs> oh that's hard just when i thought oh i think i know what my advice is here she's like Sh she's not letting me drift off gosh i think my feelings around it probably have changed with age. Mm. Um, I think, you know, younger, I would drift off would be the only option because I wouldn't have had any tools to have any other kind of conversation. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes um, I think that sometimes having a frank conversation can completely change the dynamic so why not give that a shot before you toss it in the garbage and and then you can it, it, like any other relationship you can say it's not working for me you know just like she yeah. would in a romantic relationship and it's a newer relationship this isn't a relationship that's been with us for decades I also think she can get out. And if she really wants out, cut the cord and be done. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, my instinct is always to just do the cowardly sort of drift off. But I think that a frank, even even if the frank conversation is not a, a breakup conversation, if it's a our dynamic needs to change conversation, it will be so uncomfortable. But I mean, my prediction is that you have that, you you know, sort of in the context of like, I still want to be friends. I care about you. I just need this to shift a little bit. This sounds like a person who's probably not going to like uh, grow and transform from that. But what they'll probably do is perceive themselves as the victim, talk about you behind your back about this, uh, <laughs> this cruel thing that you said to them, but continue to then like get lunch with you occasionally. And when they do, they put on a front where they're kind of hiding all of the toxic bullshit that you don't want to deal with anyway. And you're having like a pleasant time and you do get that new dynamic, but they're not expecting anything more from you, which might work. I like that. Yeah. I mean, in the past, 
I've always done the the drift off thing. Part of it is just like being terrified of the confrontation. Like I'm thinking of one friend in particular who you also knew where it was like, this person won't understand if I try to express why this friendship isn't working for me. I know them well enough to know they won't understand it. They won't change. Nothing will change. I, I moved across the country. That helped a little bit too. Sometimes the conversation will fall on deaf ears. I don't know, the friend breakup, it's a rich topic for so many of us, but like it has been on my mind so much lately, partially Mm -hmm. because I have my high school 25 year reunion this summer. I couldn't go, but I just have such a curiosity and in a way like a craving for those, some of those relationships, but some of them like I burned the bridges. Sometimes it was because that person came out as a Trump supporter and I wrote a message that said, fuck you, never talk to me again. You know, and this is someone who probably <laughs> thought we were going to be close uh, for the rest of our lives. And um, wow. and then there's like my, my best friend from high school that we were super codependent and like we never really had a, a falling out, but something just happened when I was in college and we we drifted and now we barely reach out for a happy birthday thing and that's so it was so unimaginable to me yeah. when i was like 18 years old that that would happen and anyway i bring it up because renee our producer and i had this idea for a podcast that was called like class reunion but it was about this is such a random side rant forgive me but it was like the idea was that I, you know, would sort of facilitate conversations, including my own, with people like probably friends from high school, but people that you had had some sort of falling out with, but you have never had closure. I mean, I think it's still like an interesting idea, but the reason we didn't Very. do it was that I could not muster up the courage to reach out to my yeah. own people that I was going yeah. to have that conversation with. But if, if I could ever get over that, the value of it would be that like I'd give myself a container to have those conversations that I would never have otherwise, where it's just like, so why do you think this friendship went left? Like what was your experience of it? My palms are sweating because that (laughs) is, but I, I, I do think, first of all, you could also build it so that you're experiencing other people's. And then we, at the end of the podcast season, Mm. we get to experience yours. And I think that would be a nice buildup for you because the truth of the matter is, is that you can always reach back out to people. Yeah. You know, I had my, I would say, best friend in college. We were so close, but we don't have much of a relationship anymore. And she just reached out and she was like, oh, I, you know, I just listened to a podcast you were on with my boyfriend and I was like introducing him to you that way. And I appreciated the reach out. I would love to see her. We live in totally different places. We have lost touch. I mean, there's no two ways about it, but there's nothing negative that happened. Yeah. Um, our lives just went in different directions. So, uh, but there is some meat on that bone and there is her reaching out was so lovely. And I hope we can, you know, there's always room to have a new normal and to have a, a bridge that's made and you're not going to get back to what you were because that doesn't make sense anymore, but you can have something new and I'm into it. I love this idea and I love it. 
you know, get some other people going and then build your confidence to have the conversation. Maybe we could do an episode with you and uh, that friend. Great. Well, let's get into it. I mean, the, the okay. moment that we've been waiting for, Carrie and Aiden, before you saw the episode and there were murmurings about John Corbett's return and then mm-hmm. Carrie's getting ready to send the email, where were you emotionally with the Aiden of it all? You know, I I know there's gals and guys who are just Aiden crazy and they think how could she have ever left him and he was perfect and she messed everything up. I, looking back, I can get there. Now knowing like what a quality relationship is and and the qualities that should be in a person, I can get there. I wasn't there at the time. I needed more spice for her. He yeah. was just too, um, he, you know, quite plainly loved her more than she loved him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and more than you she know, loved herself. I, and more than, yeah, exactly. And so I never was going crazy for Aiden. But having him back was exciting. But, I, you know, like I was with the girls. I guess we're not that excited. I guess we're not going crazy, you know, at this breakfast. We're just sort of, it is what it is. Aiden and Harry, I guess, have a date in yeah. a few days. And I guess that's just that, you know? Yeah. So I sort of, um, I was uh, like, oh, that's cool. I love that. But I wasn't going crazy. That's sort of where emotionally I was. Yeah. Same. I mean, you know, now thinking about it in terms of where she was when she, you know, sort of ended up with Big at the end of the original series, the season finale series finale voiceover was something about like this whole journey to find love and and, and the perfect relationship but then the, the relationship that matters most is the one you have with yourself and if you can find somebody who loves the you that you love that's fabulous it's something like that and do you have that I written down or is that just I, off the dome? no i once i started saying it it just started yeah, ha- happening but at the beginning I, I it was also quoted in my uh wedding um, by your sister. So yeah, it, it is fresh. It's top of mind. But I think, it, yeah, when she gave Aiden two solid tries back in the day, was not in that place of, of self-love. And the reason that she was able to finally marry Big is because she had landed there. And now we're getting her in a place where I think that she is, you know, a lot more evolved than she was when they were younger. God, Matt, Eve, I'm telling you right now, as we're sitting, we're about to talk about it. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I'm actually it's getting big. emotional. I get it. Because the way the setup happened with, there was something about that restaurant being sat down. No one understands a phone dying more than I do. <laughs> and the way, the perfection of the waiter, I can't even. The distracted no. waiter, the over it waiter, just sort of like the way she's like, oh, another person's coming. And the way he just sort of looked up and poured it. He didn't make a meal of anything, but God, was it perfect because you want to explain yourself more and you want to say like, oh, but no, but he really is coming. And, you know, (laughs) with, with the phone, we're at 20 minutes out. Everything about it was so pitch perfect and emotional. 
I was in the second we walked into that restaurant, I was emotional for this meeting. Yes. I was so swept up in it. I was so on the ride. And it was those were all the right beats that you're talking about because it's like, is is he standing her up? Is he punishing her again? Because you know, she hurt him so so badly and so many times. Or are they literally just missing each other because this is not going to be the big Valentine's Day romantic moment that that we expected. So it's not about it's not that. It's like you know, I'm sitting at a shitty table and my phone's dying and the waiter doesn't give a shit. But then we find out that they might have been missing each other at first, but they are now on the same page. Yeah, I kept thinking he's in the bathroom. He's in the bathroom. I, I, was, yeah. I was really like getting stuck in that, you know? And then when we were 20 minutes out, I'm like, well, he's either had a real tough time in the bathroom or he's <laughs> right. not here. He is not here. You know, I don't. And then when we walked outside and saw the number and then the turnaround reveal, I don't know what the frig he was wearing. Oh, but... my God. Let's talk about that because I got to say, I never, <laughs> I mean, the costume designer, Molly Rogers, is a genius. I never, I, I'm always just eating up everything she gives us. This is the one time yeah. where he's wearing like kind of a belted trench, but it's it's like a short trench. It was the strangest. Okay. This was the only real real fashion miss for me in the show was Aiden's wow. belted trench. It was like Well, I love that you're saying it's a belted trench. I thought it was a like old-timey um so, something that you would wear to r- drive one of the first planes. Like I thought it was <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like a vintage pilot get up i didn't yeah. even know we were in a trend I, I i just didn't know what was happening i didn't either i mean thank god he took it off once they got inside the restaurant oh. but now i'm going was that intentional you know did they was aiden getting all worked up for this and he was like i gotta wear something really fashion forward for carrie you know <laughs> and so he goes into like um some crazy shop and gets talked into buying this piece that's just so not him. Maybe that was the intention there. Maybe. I mean, despite whatever that piece was, I felt that in, I'm sorry to use the word again, but in my vagina. When he, when we, I was like, I mean, my stomach dropped when, despite that outfit, be it a trench Mm -hmm. or an old timey pilot get up, it dropped and wow wow is he a brilliant like he is a brilliant actor and i don't know it or this role for him i don't know their chemistry wowie wowie zowie oh it just felt so good it just felt so good it was electrifying Mm -hmm. also having hearing the word john out of his mouth yeah you know, I'm so sorry about John was a shock, you know, and it immediately you're jogging in your mind, like, Oh God, John is, you know, how, how gracious of him when John is the man that she destroyed him over, you know, it was a very beautiful and gracious offering. And 
you know, she was receiving him, but in a way where I felt, I'm getting emotional again. Mm -hmm. That's great. No, it really was crazy where all of the history and all that she had done to him was being held in that scene. But they were moving forward and they were being who they are in this moment while holding the past. Yeah, there yes, he, yes. Yeah, that's beautifully said. Like he wasn't trying to um sort of just smooth over the fact that this she, you know, cheated on him with John. She left him for John. Uh, everything that John meant, but he was, you know, still very compassionate. Yeah, and he read the book which I loved. And the nuance of being like, I kind of did do a deep Google to find mm-hmm. out if you were dating someone before we set this up. Couldn't couldn't get my hands on that info. Was so cute and felt very their age and age appropriate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was something about that that was also super cute. And then when they got to the apartment, it made 100% sense to me that he would think she's been married to a very rich man. Right. and had that place like i totally got that you're he right he was like i i thought there. i was gonna get to have sex with her in john's old bed and his uh <laughs> sweet pad but yeah back, back at this dump um yeah it's like that's so funny true like it does make sense that that would be com- like how did you get back here that makes no sense to me yeah this is so many years later you are married in like a big i read the book you were in this fan you know so and I got it. It's it is you know him saying I'll never go back there. <sighs> what did I? That felt so strong, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I that felt like okay. You know, it felt like um, he's done. But, he's done. He's devoted a lot of therapy sessions to Carrie, and yes, yes, even, yes, and, yes. and and what that apartment symbolizes. Yes. And the, this is something that he and his therapist really landed on. And maybe they even did an emergency session mm-hmm. when he was like, guess who I'm going to see? Like, sound, they sounded, the, the therapist sounded the alarms and flew up the flags more than the girls did at breakfast. They That's were like, right. okay, yeah. this, is, this is where we look alive because we have done the work. We're going to get ourselves situated. We're going to mentally prepare. And this was not on the plan that they had, was not showing back up yeah. where everything went down. Yeah, this is about moving into the future. This is not about going back into the past. And also what you're saying about their overall like tone with each other at the dinner is so right. Like This was a grown-up reunion. If this had happened in her 30s, it would have been like, okay, I have to put on a big show and he's going to be putting on a big show. And then eventually after a few drinks, then finally they get to break through and be real with each other. It's like from the moment they, before they even hug, they look at each other and they're both so completely themselves and authentic with each other. It was beautiful. Yeah. And I, the one beat that confused me a little bit was, and I get it because like saying let's go to the hotel did make sense um, to just get out of that space. But I certainly was not ready to, for them to have sex. Like that seems kind of crazy to me and yeah. not correct. <laughs> you know, 
worried. I don't like that. I don't know why we would have to get into a bed tonight. Yeah. But I I mean, this is again, probably from, because I just watched Sex and City 2 recently, like their, their sexual chemistry was so strong in that they go out to this dinner in Abu Dhabi and it's like that you can feel that they want to rip each other's clothes off and that they're remembering Mm. that they might've had a lot of problems, but that was one problem they did not have. And I think she might actually even have a she has a better like sexual dynamic with him than she probably ever did with big. I'm sure Aiden's more adventurous in bed, more generous. I know he's more generous. Generous, generous. Yes, definitely more generous. Um, Generous. When you say like you're triggering me right now, bringing up the movie, the two so much, mm -hmm. but I do want to set you up for where, because where I was for that movie was the darkest place to like the my experience of watching that movie matt i was living on long island oh god i went on a rando date rando dando wando (laughs) and we were figuring out what to do and i must have mentioned i needed to go see the movie and the two of us went to see that movie in a theater on long island in the middle of the day. And that is the part that is the darkest because there were like a few elderly people in the audience, in the, in the theater. And he didn't want any, he wasn't, he was like not feeling it on any level. Didn't have any frame of reference for the show. Mm -hmm. So I received that movie when I tell you, and I, and I can respect that you loved it, but I saw it as plainly. And the first movie I was out with, I think I saw it with my friend, Jenny. We had our Cosmos. We were dressed up. Like I as saw the Lord that intended. as the good Lord intended. I saw that. So I raw dogged that movie. Like I saw it so raw. I mean, oh. it was like, there were not, not an, no energy from the theater. A guy that I went on one date with, never wanted to see him again. He didn't like, he was not having it on any level. Oh. And I'm trying to get an experience off of it. Wow. It was actually brutal. And I don't know if the phrase raw dog is even applicable because that sounds like something else. And I think I might want to strike that. Does it work for this scenario? I think it does. I mean, it's it's kind of what you're okay. t- saying about like maybe your perspective on Carrie going home with Aiden, uh, you know, after their, their first date, um, you know, it was just, you're just jumping in and... And that is not how the Lord intended it to be consumed. No, I had nothing buffering me. I had no je ne sais quoi, no energy, no cocktail, no, no fun. I had it so, it was so bleak. It was such a bleak experience. And so I don't have any love for that movie. In fact, the chemistry in the meeting you're talking about, I haven't even retained it. I hadn't either because of the the sort of narrative around Sex and City 2 and all of the parts of it that felt tone deaf culturally. I never went back and rewatched it after the first time. I did, however, see it in theaters with a group of girlfriends. You know, yeah. it was nighttime. We had drinks. You know, okay. we, we, we did it right. And if you had been in L.A., obviously you would have been right there with us. And I'm so sorry for the experience that you yeah, had. Yeah, I did it. But 
I did it really bad. Yeah, and Michael and I just rewatched it on a lark, expecting to be like, oh, we're cringing, we're cringing at sort of the, the the Middle Eastern representation stuff. That's a whole separate conversation. But everything else, the um, the story with with Carrie and Big and how they sort of you know they hit sort of that weird comfortable slump and the the sparkle was wearing off yeah. a little bit, and then she goes to Abu Dhabi and Aiden is there and he looks so hot. And they have dinner, and it's just he's this forbidden fruit, and she kisses him and then has to literally run away because she can't. She's like, if I don't leave right now, I'm going to have sex with him Thank and destroy my marriage. Yeah. You wow. know, okay. going back to this episode, I will say in the moment where you know he's going to walk away, and then he turns around the street, and he goes, hey, fuck it. This is New York. They have hotel rooms, right? The way that that was shot and the position he was in in the street and the white, didn't you think, okay, he's about to be hit by a car? Ah! Um, no. No? But you're scaring me just even saying that now and being in that headspace, I could see it. Uh, No, I didn't. I didn't. I was so, no, but damn, no, Matt, if they did, like, there's things I would That would have been an unforgivable move. Uh Uh-uh. Not here, not now. Wait, I... Oh, I'm also dying, and I don't know. I felt like, okay, we have already accepted that Aiden, like, I feel like we're always in his LBs. Yes, yeah, you're right. Why? We're always talking about his weight. I don't know. There was this period on the original show where he was uh, quote-unquote flabby, but it it was barely noticeable. It was more like like he had the energy of someone who was carrying around some extra LBs that he didn't want. Yeah, he had like a little bit of a dad bod, but it was hot, you know? Yeah. And then when he did get buff and fit, he looked fantastic. But I feel like I've ex- like I don't need to be in his his pounds in 2023. You know what right, I mean? Right. Yeah, and I hope that that's something else he's worked through in therapy. That it's like, if you want to yeah. be lean and mean <laughs> for yourself, that is great. Self. You know, yes. I, I hope that you haven't been like on the treadmill every day visualizing the day that you finally get to see Carrie again and show her how well you've aged. You know, I, I, I hope it's coming from a healthy place. I feel like it is. I feel like in terms of, you know, where does this go from here? I, I mean, I can't imagine it being another um, ugly breakup where Carrie's chickens out and, and, and hurts him again. Just we've, we've done that before and that's not where right. she is anymore. But it's also hard to imagine that it's like, and now they're just together and right. indefinitely. It's really a mystery. I mean, maybe it's going to be as simple as like they have something really special and they do have a love for each other and great sex, but he lives in, what is it, Virginia? And he's not moving back to oh, New York, but he's going to he's gonna go back where he lives and they're going to see each other when they see each other. And when they're not together, they can, you know, maybe that's what the relationship looks like moving forward. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely felt like, and it was beautifully acted, beautifully acted by him, but the amount of, emotion he had and I think he couldn't have had it any other place when we've we've gone over this but in front of that sorry I'm back there but in front of that apartment he couldn't have had it any other place 
but it's and I think he probably was shocked by how painful it was and she's probably shocked by how he can I was like it, it does look very different we all the audience is like it does look very different it's really awful it's like I can't even but, hear what you're saying, but I'm feeling it. <laughs> like, you can go back up there. It's so different. I feel yeah. like we were all Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Like, you're not even going to believe it. It's, like, totally remodeled. But um, there was <laughs> so much emotion from his... Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Deanna's breaking down. <laughs> there was so much emotion from him that I am deeply concerned that he hasn't, he has a lot of meat left on that bone Ugh. for the therapist. And as much work as we thought we did, which we've all been there, we thought we did it all. And then the truth is just too hard. We haven't, we can't do it. Yeah. God, you're, you might be right. I mean, I'm hopeful, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm horny. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm feeling so much, you know, about yeah. what, what's, what's to come in these, in these next few episodes. And of course we, we know we've got the Samantha cameo looming wow. at the end. Where are you with that? With the cameo? Yeah. God, I, you know, I haven't enjoyed the, the outside, the real world of it all, you know, right, I right. haven't enjoyed it. So it's hard. It's hard yeah. because um, as – and I appreciate you bringing this willingness to be and and getting Michael Patrick King's oh, mind right. Thank you. And yeah. making it happen for us. So I don't want to take anything away from that. But, you know, Samantha, you know, Kim Cattrall going on television shows and being like, I got my bag and I ran one scene. Oh, I, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, it's, I don't like it. Um it, 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 it bums me out. I think probably without all of that, it would have been more of a thrill, but it's going to, it's going to taint it for me. Although I don't know where it's coming and I'm sure I'll love it. And I, and I, I'm excited to see her look gorgeous on the screen, but um, you know, I, it's complicated. It's complicated. It's complicated. I'm very curious how that chemistry is going to feel because we know that it's a phone call, but we know that she didn't. That she's talking to Carrie, but that she didn't actually shoot the the phone. You know, they weren't they weren't talking to each other. Crazy. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Yeah. What's going to happen oh, to God. us all? <laughs> we don't know, and in a way, that's what this show's all about. We don't know, and yet we yeah. move forward. Have to. Deanna Have Chang, to. thank you so much. Uh, there's no one else that I would rather touch down on this you know, incredible moment with. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you to my friend and confidant, Deanna Chang, for lending us her brilliant voice and mind. But the show's not over because up next, we've got a broader discussion on Sex and the City and a Just Like That with two leading lights, Marin Dungey and Dave Holmes. Marin Dungey is an actor you've seen on Alias, Big Little Lies, American Horror Stories, Shining Veil. She's also got a great Kim Cattrall anecdote, so stick around for that. And much like we did last week with Ana Ortiz, in this conversation we went ahead and created Marin's character for In Just Like That Season 3. So, Michael Patrick, you're welcome. 
We are also joined by sweet, sweet angel baby Dave Holmes. You know him from his days at MTV, his stellar work at Esquire magazine, his beautiful memoir, Party of One. And I am blessed to say he co-hosts the weekly podcast, Homophilia, with me. And just like Matt, Marin and Dave are here. This show is beyond near and dear to my heart. Like, as much as I have, you know, like when I was going through my my shows, I always have Sex in the City, like, up and running. Like, it's, there is, the, the old ones are always up and running. When I was going through my divorce, I remember there was a, a TBS rerun, like, they were just running them, and I had them on all, I was, like, in bed crying, and, like, they were, I just had them, it's, like, the soundtrack to my life. Dave? Dave, I know yeah. a bit, but I, I'd like to hear a bit about your young single days. I, I remember my major problem with dating in the 90s in New York City uh, was that I would get set up with a lot of Anthony's because the straight people in my life were so thrilled because they too, you know, had, had sort of come from, from college experiences like mine. So if they had like, if they had two gay friends, they were like, well, this is perfect. We we got to set them up. Like they're they're gonna they're perfect for each other. Uh, in that they're both gay men, and that's all that we have really bothered to learn about them, right? So so I would get set up. I, I got set up with a lot of people who were completely wrong for me, and also like I was so kind of at the beginning of my like you know journey of self actualization or whatever that I was like I, I was too afraid to like to actually get close with somebody who wasn't like me or, or to like find, find the common thing in the Anthony's that I got set up with over and over. I, I related to the, to the desire for a big, because he's, you know, he's super sexy and he's, you know, he's wealthy and you don't kind of understand what his job is. And he's one, one of those people who you, you might come across in New York city. And those people are magnetic and they are really interesting, but like, but Aiden, is is a nice guy who wants to treat her kindly right it was sort of my understanding of the whole thing and like I, and i get where if you are young and addicted to the drama of the whole thing that you go for the guy who isn't nice to you instead of like the less you know the 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 lower degree of fireworks nice guy marin did you have a big back in the day and by big, i don't mean like a mr right i mean like a toxic fuck boy who's kind of stringing you along oh many in the in the 20s many like it was just it's los angeles it's i'm an actor like i mean jesus it was like you know it's a city of bigs it was a city of bigs and 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 then i married a steve ish seeming person and then i discovered they weren't that so you know but like not that i miranda my way out of my life but i did certainly did have a this isn't i need more than that and now have my aiden and i know that june diane and casey were talking on your show about how they went away and then they went like i did this with my sister years ago i took her we went to bakar for her birthday and we were like yeah let's go down to you know let's order up tonight maybe we'll just and then i mean i'm not even kidding we watched the entirety of like season three and four so let's talk about the beginnings of and just like that you know it's when it's just starting to roll out there's so much noise about the show's efforts to be more inclusive than the original. You know, listen, applause, applause to how well they have certainly covered their bases in almost every single possible way. Like it's, you know, you know, not that it's a distraction, yeah, but it, it, you know, you're like, you've got, every, you have every, you have 
characters in, of, of disability. You have characters of, you know, all, all, Pacific Islanders that, you know, you have, you really, really have made crucial amends and, and thank you for that. I, I do appreciate that. And I, more than anything, love that last year was tough in that they were it was it was we're doing it like and it was like here yeah. here comes everybody and it was like okay wait, no hold on you know because we came for we came for something and you don't need to you know and now that everybody's sort of the dust is settling I feel the relationships are strengthening yeah I I agree I I was excited about it because I think there is so much to talk about like even even if you keep like leave grief out of it because none of us knew that that they would kill off a major character in the first episode but the idea that you you could like take these characters again who we knew in their 20s and 30s which is you know when you're in new york city that's a wild time it's a party time and you define yourself a certain way and you have a certain relationship with your friends like the idea of exploring life at age 50 to me seemed really interesting, especially if you don't have kids, which our main character doesn't. And, and like, you don't like, who knows like what your, what stage your career is. And like the idea of like where you put your energy and what your life looks like and like what a Sunday is for you and all that kind of thing in, in midlife, I think is really interesting to get into. And they, and they did. Big's death. How did that hit you at the time? I feel like I was a sole voice in that absolutely had to happen, not because I wanted to see him go, but because you needed the story to have an anchor. It needed, it needed, you needed a, a jumping off point. And I, I loved it because I thought it was, it was beautifully done. And, you know, it was, it was an excellent execution all, all the way around. The second episode wrecked me, wrecked me. That that part when when she said no flowers and they they handed that card I I had to stop it and sob for twenty minutes and I got to tell you two things a Samantha is the strongest character in that first season and not even there like you it's like it, it, for, you did feel her absence but you also she like she had these incredible moments and she wasn't even on yeah camera. you felt her presence too yeah a hundred percent and. I, before we did this, went back and rewatched the finale of last season and then have since, you know, like, you know, gone through other things. It, 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 they are really playing this grief it, because that is where we are as this. If, if I was the audience in the beginning, I am still very much the audience, you know, and I remember my, my motherboard myself, that episode was so you know, I mean, and, and that, but so now, but now we have husbands and friends and other, it's just, they're, they, ha, I have cried more, more than I had, had anticipated that, you know, when, when she can't get through chapter three, you know, it is, and, and I really felt Seema ground, like, I was like, oh, because I felt, I felt like they didn't know what to do with her for a minute, and, and she really came through like that was like, oh, no, OK, I get your friendship now. I feel uh, I feel really good about it. I feel I feel you know, and then maybe that was part of it. Is it like, don't bring me these characters? What, what are you doing? And then like, but like as they have 
endeared themselves to the story and 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 shown their value, then I can go, oh, welcome. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know. The criticism of, you know, season one when when Miranda met Naya and starts just, you know, word vomiting and and saying all the wrong things. The idea that people are like, Miranda would never do that. Miranda's smarter than that. I understand. But at the same time, I'm like, she is still a rich white lady who has worked in corporate law. Like, I I, I, I still, I, I do buy that she is culturally removed or has been up until now. A hundred percent. And I think it was a way to sort of let the audience know, we know what we did with these ladies. They, we kept them in their own worlds and now they got yeah. in this like wake up and here you know and this you know beautiful young black woman is your professor and Miranda's going to say some dumb shit it was I bought it's hook one and sinker I thought it was and not to mention and not that this is any excuse but she was also having her like life struggles and alcohol struggles and all these other things that were happening so it's like she was a mess Che Diaz Dave go ahead uh it, I mean, that's 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 the rub, isn't it? Che's the rub. Che's a, a a difficult character in so many ways because Che has a lot to represent, and uh, you know Che comes right in and kind of wrecks a, a main couple, a beloved couple from the show, and. I just, I, I, I want someone to have seen a stand-up comic perform. I just, I, Dave, I, I know, I know what you mean, but at the same time, think of all the comedians we've had to interview oh, yeah. on Homophilia promoting oh. their stand-up special, telling them how great it is when actually we didn't think it was very funny. No, 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 that no. is no. real. But then yeah, no, it is. It like is that was real. not a stand-up; it was like a speech. Yeah, which which does happen, which yes, does happen. Is, I mean, exactly. you know, Nanette was that, but sure. and and many you know many things are that, especially now. There's there's trouble afoot anyway. There's been trouble afoot for a while now, and yeah. Che's arrogance, you know, sense coming to L.A. I mean, even how how they announced that they were going to L.A. was super. You know, yeah. when they did the whole song and dance, you know, like, you know, with California girls and all that stuff. It was like, you know, that when I saw that, I went, Ooh, good luck, Miranda, you know, because yeah. I was really kind of happy for them, you know, for both of them. And then it just was like, oh, no, like that when when, when you know you're an artist, you're like, oh, OK. Yeah. And I loved, loved the echo of the fight that Miranda had with Carrie at the funeral about going to Paris. That was almost yes. word for word. It was almost the same argument. And then Rabbi Jen came in and like, I was like, I, thank you. We don't need this. Like let it, let it play out. But, and maybe they did that to like break up the tension, but it was almost word for word. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th I think a really interesting story would be Miranda really falling for Che Diaz, like really being so physically attracted and maybe even like the, for the two of them, like mentally, emotionally attracted, but also being like, God, 
JDS is a terrible stand-up comedian. Like this is the <laughs> hackiest shit I've ever seen in my life. But I am absolutely in love with JDS, and I'm overcoming. Like it, it is. I, I buy JDS being a bad stand-up comic. I, but I don't buy Miranda loving it or, or not recognizing good comedy. You know, not not that she's like a, a great consumer of comedy or whatever, but I feel like she'd be a tougher customer. I think that old Miranda would have. I think that okay. like, I feel that the, that was what was so great in the old show is the, the, the things that they would re reject partners for were, yeah. you know, like what, like, you know, sometimes it was where they would say, well, what do you think about this? And like, what, you know, like, like, and then they would go, no, 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 no. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was just, and this, it was a little egregious, like you gotta come see this. And it was what it, it was, yeah. you know, yeah. But yeah, the new Miranda is is very excited for better or worse, or is very excited to dive headfirst into woke culture. Sure. And, yeah, Listen, Chase comedy I represents. Remember, that. I remember. I mean, like, you know, when I first broke, you know, got started dating again, you know, my my filter was funky because I was just so excited about people, you know, and I, I mean, I mean, certainly when I was younger, I would be like, oh my God, his band. And it was like, oh my God, his band, you know what I'm saying? And you'd be like really excited, yeah. like, oh, oh, oh. but even in phase two, Marin Dungey phase two, I definitely <laughs> you know, dated a couple people that I was like, well, you know, and I would, you know, and it's like, you know, you, you, you just because and particularly for Miranda, I'll give I'll give her the benefit of the doubt that it was so new. And and what went down in that kitchen was like super disarming and you know hot and confusing and you know her, wow. you know. So when that you know when the panties are on fire, sometimes you can't you can't see straight. It, it's a it's a perplexing character and it, and a tough one to play. And Sara Ramirez is so. This is so great. Like I, I love Sarah Ramirez. So right, like, yeah. so right. charismatic and and very talented, but just a, a that's a it's a difficult that's a difficult role. As we progress, I feel like there are the 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 truth of who they are and who they are becoming is growing. You know, the yeah. moments with Miranda and her son like that and that argument that she had with Che was and the fact that she said let's not end this on like a like a shitty note like i need you to to not you know what i'm saying like i feel like there's something that is much more grounded as we move on in everyone and i i appreciate that because th these people are precious you know they are precious characters dave and i got embroiled in a, a bit of a scandal flying too close to the sun and <laughs> To be fair, it really was Dave and not me, but I'd been lumped in with him. No, but it was us. It was he, us. Dave gave the show a hard time around Carrie's podcast because in season one, they were taking, seeming to take live callers like an old school radio show. This season, they clarified that those are voicemails like they do on shows like Sarah Silverman podcast and Michael Patrick's mm -hmm. on record saying that that clarification was a direct response to us. So Dave, I want to give you the opportunity to respond to the response. Well, I mean, I, I have to say, like, as much shade as I've thrown, hearing him say that is the most excited I think I've ever been in my entire life. Like that, that I just felt like, what? <laughs> I, I, that's, that is a thrill. That is a thrill to be 
you know, part of the extended, you know, Sex and the City cinematic universe is just in an unbelievable thrill. And so, you know, thank you for the clarification. Some podcasts do take calls, Beautiful Anonymous. I, I would love to see Carrie take on a Beautiful Anonymous type of thing, be the Chris Gethard in a, in a, in a show. But whatever, they did it that way. And I think that's great. And I, I'm, I'm delighted. And, you know, and Che Diaz isn't funny. And somebody needs to call that out. So, I mean, if we're, if we're putting things out into the universe, that's that would awesome. maybe be the next thing on my list. Yeah. Che Pasa. Is the name That's right. Che Pasa. And by the way, we have a listener voicemail that we're going to dig into right now. What? Do you have that for us? Hi, Matt. So my two best friends are a married couple and they are getting a divorce. And I'm trying to figure out how to navigate it because they truly are my two best friends. I'm equally close to both of them, a man and a woman. And um, I want to support them while also being able to support both of them. So if they talk about each other, it puts me in kind of a hard situation. So just looking for some advice on how to navigate this new era of my two best friends no longer being married. Wow. It's a toughie. I felt that one. Marin? It's... I have a, a girlfriend who that happened to, and her, and she, and she works with one of the, with the one of them, and it's, you know, I think that there has, you truly have to say in order to keep these relationships alive, I cannot be the vessel for you, the news. You have to go to someone else on that. Like I am here for you to like help you find an apartment or, you know, have, you know, be your wing person for the next whatever. But in terms of any dump, you can't, you have to not, you can't in my, I, that's what I would say is that like, I will always have lunch with you and, you know, go out with you and do things, but like, I can't be on the receiving end of the negativity. Every time I've gone through a breakup, the first thing I've said to that person is stay away from my friends. And I've really meant it. You know, I like to just go full scorched earth. I am now friends with most of my exes. The, the mantra that I had during my divorce was those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. Because sometimes people think it's like contagious <laughs> divorce. Yeah. And, and I had a lot of people who were like, to be gone, you know, and it's sort of like, are you cleanse your social media and you sort of, you know, pick and choose your, you know, but those who matter don't mind. You know, I think a thing that could happen in the coming months is that each the the man and the woman in this couple are going to have to figure out their relationship with our caller, because that could, you know, if they were very, very close, that could also like trigger memories of, you know, better times or whatever. That person could be like, a, a like a, a symbol of that relationship in a way so yeah that is probably a thing to discuss with each of those people individually you know i have a i have a, a friend who's going through a divorce right now and we're or at the beginning of that sort of process and and we we you know she's been over a lot and we've taken her out a lot and and as we've i'm really trying to like mind my p's and q's because she will complain about this guy and like now without her being the my connection to this guy 
it's like, yeah, no, he was terrible. Like he was really an annoying person who I did not love having around, but he was there because you were there. And it's like, you know, until this thing is over, they could get back together and you don't want to like dump, you don't want to be like, That's actually right. here are eight terrible. other terrible things you didn't know about that guy or like things that got on my nerves or whatever. And then suddenly he's back around. Yeah. Let's talk about the Samantha thing. What are your predictions and hopes and dreams for how this is going to shake out? More than anything else, I hope that she remains true to who she, who Samantha is. I've met her, Kim, like I was friendly with her for a minute and, and she's a lovely woman and, and she's very unlike Samantha. And, but I want her to, you know, lower that boom that that is, you know, like when she was, when she was in the thing with her fur and was like, I have cancer, take fifth. Like that, I mean, it was just, it's like a masterclass. Right. I felt it was very sewn up in Paris and I was okay and I didn't need it. And then to hear that it was happening, I'm like, all right, but just be you and, you know, put everybody back in their place. Because she was, you, you re, I felt her loss profoundly amongst the characters, even though she was a very still strong piece of it. That show without Samantha is a very different show. Most of my actor friends are treating this podcast as basically an audition for the show because we all know I have that kind of power. So let's say Marin Dungey is joining the cast of And Just Like That in season three. Who is she playing? I think what would be great is to, it's a good question, happily taking on an Amy Sedaris kind of like publisher role for Carrie. Mm. would be, I think, a wise thing. Carrie's publicist. You know, I, what, I, what I love about this character is that there's built-in conflict. So when, you know, when we do achieve detente between Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker, and she does inevitably come back to the show, there's so much story for you to play there. And you're already friendly. Right. I'm going to tell so you it'll work. I can't like, appreciate this. So I was unceremoniously replaced on a pilot or a series when they picked up private practice. And mm. with kind of no explanation, Steve McPherson at ABC decided, not don't enjoy. And I... Uh, a friend of a friend was really is friends with him. And I all of a sudden I was on the phone with my agent. And I'm like, I gotta take this call. And I pick up and I hear, Marin, it's Kim Cattrall. And I, Hello. She said, I almost did a spit take. I'm not kidding. And she called to, to tell me how when she was on a show, she was told by Les Moonves that she was not sexy enough for the pilot that they were doing. And then she got sex in the city. Come on. So she's like, I just want you to know that that happens and you're going to be fine. And I cried. And I said, thank you, Kim. <laughs> okay. As usual, this has started as a joke and it's already, my gears are turning. We're like you and Samantha as PR rivals. I love it. I'll be tuning in. Please. Can't wait to see you in season three, Marin Dungey. Thank you so much. <laughs> Dave you. Holmes, I'll, I'll see Matt. you in, in 10 minutes probably. Obviously. the recording. Obviously, Matt, this has been a pleasure. Oh, this has been, a, I just would be any part of this is a dream. And Just Like Matt is a WOW Podcasts production created and hosted by me, Matt McConkie. Our executive producer is Renee Colbert. 
If you've got a burning question about a relationship or friendship problem, or really anything Sex and the City adjacent, just record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us at andjustlikematt at gmail.com, and I'll answer your question on the show with my very fancy guests. 